Welcome to Point Blank, episode number 37. I'm Chantel Chand, joined alongside Akeem Haynes. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Point Blank. And we just want to say, if you've been rocking with the show, we want to thank you so much for supporting. If you just started watching our content, thank you for liking and sharing. Also, if you want to support us some more, make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and on um, any of your podcast platforms that you do listen to, you can leave a rate and review. So make sure you do that. And you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us as well. And yeah, we just want to say thank you so much for supporting us. And uh, we got a big show today. But before we get into that, Akeem, I know you've been on the road a little bit. How has everything been going for you? Not too bad. You know, it's been uh, busy with a whole bunch of different things, but it's a nice change of pace, nice change of environment. You know, it's one of the things we talk about in um, the topic of the week, but also the encourage, encouragement section in a couple episodes before, you know, sometimes when you may feel stagnant, it is good to switch up the environment, a little change of pace is always needed. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what that's what's been going on for me. I know over the weekend, you know, you were doing the Battle of Alberta, you know, either one of us were not that big into hockey, but doesn't mean we don't respect what they do. Yeah. But uh, what was your experience with the Battle of Alberta? Man, you know, everyone kind of talks about how this is one of the greatest rivalries and it is a really good rivalry. And I was glad to kind of experience it, I think, for um, to experience a hockey game like that, the Battle of Alberta, which hasn't happened in 31 years. I think it's like something cool to check off the Canadian bucket list, you know, to say that I did that. And um, I do want to say, though. I just want to mention this and I'm not being a hater, but it's been louder at Rogers arena for Canucks games in the playoffs than it was for the battle of Alberta. So I think um, they got to stop hating on the Canucks because uh, we have really good fans over here. So I'm just <laughs> going to move on. I want to move on now. I just want to say that, but uh, yeah, hopefully Calgary, you know, um, makes it a series because Edmonton's up right now. So it was a really, really cool experience, but enough about hockey because you get that everywhere else in Canada. Uh, we're going to move on to something that we really like Akeem, the hardwood. Uh, obviously there's, lots to talk about the NBA conference finals. You got the Warriors and the Mavs, and then you got the Celtics and the Heat. But I want to talk about the fact that Steph Curry might be lined up to possibly win his fourth ring. And this is an era, of course, where we like to debate goats. If Steph Curry wins his fourth ring, would you kind of say that he's the goat of this era? I know there's LeBron and we know what he's been to the NBA. We know what he is as a superstar, but is there a conversation or debate that Steph might be the goat of this era? Uh, I think the, 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 the goat of any era is always such a opinionated biasness towards who their player is. And Steph has changed the game when it comes to shooting. He is the best shooter to ever play the game. There is no debating that, but, it is hard to put him there when you have a LeBron that is in that area, in that era where you have a, a, a Kobe Bryant in that era. It's, it's tough to put in there, but however, he wins the fourth championship Chantel. Now we have to talk about him as one of the greatest. He's in the conversation for one of the best from the greatest winners of all time, right? Because you go back, Kobe has four, uh, no Kobe has five. Duncan has five. Uh, Shaq has, well, Shaq has four, LeBron has four, right? So Kobe is four for six, LeBron is four for 10, right? So he's in that era now, he wins again, he's four for six. 
It's a pretty good percentage. That's a pretty good list of people right there. While it's a hard debate, if he wins another four, if he wins another one, then he's four for six. That's a great percentage. LeBron is four for 10. He would have a better winning percentage than LeBron. He would be considered now as probably arguably one of the most clutch players when it comes to the playoffs because he is, is what he's doing right now. Look, Steph Curry is what, 6'1", six, 6'2", six, six, and maybe that's just me being very generous, maybe 6'3", right? But we know he can score the ball, but look what the man is doing from a rebounding standpoint. Man's averaging like seven seven rebounds per game. I'm like, yo, how are you getting these shots? Now, the Mavericks does, they do take a lot of threes. So when you take a lot of threes, usually the rebounding is further on the perimeter than it is in the paint. But still, right, like what he is doing, um, you have to put him there. And he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves because, you know, you look at LeBron, right? You look at guys like Kobe, you look at some of these guys like Kevin Durant, his game is different, right? But just because someone's game is different does not mean that they aren't, shouldn't be in that conversation, right? We look about Tim Duncan, David Robinson, like these are different ones, but they're both winners. So I think he goes in that category, but the greatest of all time in the era, that's always one that we're going to have to leave up for debate. Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts? Where does he fit in your rankings? Oh, man, you know what? I don't want to rank it uh, because that's going to be way too different, uh, difficult for me. But I do think, Steph, when you actually think about the fact that he changed the game, the three wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And that's because of Steph Curry. He literally changed the game. Some would say he ruined the game because now nobody uses the full shot clock. You just kind of like, um, you know, stop and pop, but like literally like Steph changed that he's a three-time NBA champion, two-time MVP, uh, eight-time NBA all-star NBA all-star MVP in 2022. And then you think about everything. He's the scoring champion. I believe he won that in 2016 and 2021. So when you look at Steph's accolades and the fact that He's the best three-point shooter of all time. And the fact that, he, you know, no one was talking about the Warriors before Steph and Clay and Draymond got there, right? The only thing they were talking about before was that Baron Davis team, the We Believe team. I love that team. That was like the last Golden State team that was really making noise. And then Steph comes and he changes the game. And when you think about this era, you cannot talk about this era without Steph Curry. Steph Curry is this era. And when you think about LeBron, of course, we can kind of count LeBron from like 2010 to 2020, but you can fit in Steph Curry in there as well. And when you think about Michael Jordan and how many rings he won, he won six rings. He went six to zero in the NBA finals. And there's a lot of guys that didn't win rings. Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. Gary Payton ended up winning one with Miami with Shaq and D Wade. However, like when he was with the Sonics, he never won it. And when you think about those great players that MJ didn't let win rings because he was winning rings. And then you look at LeBron and this, I'm not trying to make this a LeBron Jordan comparison, but yo, like Steph Curry <laughs> won three rings in LeBron's era and he might win a fourth ring. Like that wasn't happening with Jordan because he was just pure domination. So when we think of goats, obviously I have MJ number one, but we also forget about Kobe having five rings. But I think for this era, I think you can debate that Steph is the GOAT. And I think just because LeBron has been in that platform and he has lived up to every expectation and, you know, he's never gotten in trouble in the public. And I think we have to give LeBron props for that. But when I think about the fact that Steph has won, possibly is going to win his fourth NBA championship and be tied with LeBron, I think he's in that conversation. Um, and I think the only reason why people wouldn't want to put him into that conversation is because 
he's a liability on defense, but I mean, LeBron's not that good of a defensive player either. He only became one when he was in Miami and it's really interesting, but I think there would be that debate, you know, LeBron or Steph. And I think people would not pick Steph just because of hate. Mm -hmm. I think there would just be haters that wouldn't pick Steph, but as Steph wings five rings, if they keep this Warriors team together and they're just stacked, man, and they win another one and there's a possibility they could, if we get the old clay back, I mean, that I think that's a huge debate, but point blank would love to know if you consider Steph Curry, the goat of this era, you can hit us up on Twitter and IG on Twitter. We're at point blank pod on IG. We're at the point blank pod. And then you can also hit the subscribe button on YouTube and leave some comments in our YouTube section as well. We're going to stay with the NBA because there might be a first this season in the NBA playoffs. And I say that because, I know the Dallas Mavericks were down and it looks like they're going to bring out the brooms golden state, but this might be a season where Luca might win his first championship. We might see Steph clay and Draymond win their fourth ring, which would be incredible. Jimmy Butler might win his first ring and the Boston Celtics might win a ring for the first time since that 2018, when there was Paul Pierce, KG Ray Allen, but that also means a ring for the first time for the duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And let's add Marcus Smart in there as well. So let me ask you a question, Akeem. Which one would you want to see as a fan and why? You know, I kind of, I kind of, as I saw this, I was kind of figuring out, you know, it was between two, right? Steph, Clay, Draymond, their dynasty. But all, but all that the Warriors have been, not only um, in this era, but previous eras before when they were meshed together with different teams. Like that's a, that's, I mean, 72 wins is pretty impressive as well too. You only lost nine games. What type of madness is that? But for me in this one, it's like, you know, you talked about the Chicago Bulls team with Michael Jordan, right? But that's 72 win, uh, the 72 team uh, Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant on it, even though the, they didn't win that year, that team is given work to a lot of teams, a lot of, people's franchises now, now nobody's I don't think any team franchise is going to catch the Lakers or Boston they just got a lot of rings and a lot of championships but that's a special team but honestly you know I think I think for me in this in the situation it would be Jimmy getting a ring right because Jimmy went to junior college you know I got a soft spot for all the junior college people out there hey if you go to junior college look there's more than one route to get to the destination and Jimmy uh, Butler is proof of that his hard work how he goes about the game, you know, you always, when you see people playing the game the right way or just going about their business the right way, a righteous way, trying to do right in the world, trying to just put, bestow goodness upon the planet, you want them to do well. And for me, when you look at Jimmy's story of how he had to get to where he was today and some of the disrespect that he took early in his career when teams didn't really want him and they didn't really take a chance on him, Right. And we saw what he did in the bubble. And we saw that picture of him leaning um, on the on the guard there when he was exhausted. Right. And just seeing how he plays the game. He's not the most fanciest guy. He's not going to wow you to death, but he's going to come in there and do whatever it needs to do. It, so they so they can win the game. So for me, I think Jimmy winning a ring right there in Miami. Um, I think I think for me that that sets a top clay. Uh, Steph and Draymond winning their fourth ring and the dynasty that they already have. Uh, what about you? What about you? What's your thoughts? Is it Boston? 
No, it's definitely Jimmy. Um, I, I actually have this piece on my Instagram where I kind of talked about Jimmy and his upbringing. You know, he was homeless since he was 13 years old. And then when he was a senior, he also wasn't highly recruited. So went to a Juco for a year, then went to Marquette, did some big things in Marquette. I think he made uh, the honorable mention team um, in that conference as well in his junior and senior year. And then you think about his whole career and how he's kind of been hated on a little bit like some for some strange reason um and i think it's when you're really really good people hate on you and because jimmy has this like attitude that's nonchalant like he knows he's really good and he's been one of the best two-way players in the league for a very long time and people don't get him give him the credit for it i would love to see jimmy butler win one um it didn't happen in philly um and i want to say here on this podcast that when they were playing the toronto raptors i was going for philly and i was hoping <laughs> that they would win that game seven the one that Kawhi hit that shot because i was rooting for jimmy I, I really wanted to see him get a ring, to be quite honest with you. And then, you know, they go to the finals against the Lakers and they were just injured, right? They were injured in the bubble. And you think about Jimmy's journey, everything that he's been through. I got to roll with Jimmy, you know, winning a ring. I would love to see him win a ring. And then it would be also kind of cool, like getting back on this Raptors bandwagon. But it'd be kind of cool to see Kyle win one, another one, his second. Like, I think that would establish something really cool for Kyle as well. I'd probably stop hating on him saying that he shouldn't get his jersey retired in Toronto because I still think Vince should be the first one. But um, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see Kyle win two rings, to be quite honest with you. And so I'm, I'm rolling with Jimmy to win a ring. That would, I think, solidify him as someone that would probably make the Hall of Fame to be honest with you, if he won this ring. And that's what I would like for Jimmy because he's had to work really hard. Of course, you touched on it a bit there too, Akeem. So I'm going to roll with Jimmy winning a ring. Uh, Point Blank would love to know what you would like to see in this NBA Finals. It'll be a first for one of the guys or a few of the guys, of course. You can let us know on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. There is was a lot of fights this week in Chantel, and I was trying to catch up all of them. I missed all of them, so I had to watch the I had to watch the replay. But uh, another big one is happening this week in Chantel. One that was delayed uh, because of some legal troubles that 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 happened on one side. But Javante Davis versus Rolando Romero are meeting this week in Chantel. It's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, Romero's biggest payday. It's going to be the biggest stage that he's been on. But what are your thoughts on this fight and how do you see it going? And I already, I, I know it's going to be short and sweet to the point. I can, I already know. <laughs> I'm going to break it down though. I'm, I'm going to break it down. So this is for the WBA world light title. And let's start off with Romero, right? Cause he's 14 of, I know 12 of those wins coming by way of knockout. So he definitely does have power. The thing I love about Romero is that he knows how to sell a fight. Like the things that he says, like you need to have that in boxing. You need to know how to sell a flight fight and the way that, you know, he talks about tank, the way he sells it. Um, I love it. It's hilarious. A lot of the things he says is funny. Um, like I said, he, has power. He throws his punches from different angles. So stylistically, I want to see how Tank handles that. He's got a really nice, powerful jab. I think he's a bit of a headhunter though. And he doesn't have really good defense and he leaves his chin exposed. He doesn't have the best head movement, but he's explosive and he has a very good right hand and he's got the size advantage over tank, but we've seen tank deal with the size advantage. So that's something that I don't even think is going to bother tank. I thought Romero lost against Jackson Marinas. When you go back to that fight, I think Marinas won that fight fair and square. He beat Sparrow. He beat Iggett. Um, but he looked really good against Iggett from what I remember. But in 14 fights, he's only gone. I think this will be his second time going 12 rounds. 
I don't mm. think the fight's going to go 12 rounds, but that's that's, I, I don't think so. So I'm going to keep this short and sweet for Tank because he's got the power to put you to sleep. We saw that with Leo Santa Cruz. He will put he will tuck you in for a nap. That's how much power that Tank has. In fact, some people even call him baby Mike Tyson, right? Tank is more explosive. So I think he has more power. He's a better body puncher. In fact, Tank is a very elite body puncher. He's going to hit you with those liver shots. And you, those are one of the shots that, I think could easily get someone onto the canvas and put out for a nap because he punches with power to the body. Uh, he's got a filthy uppercut. He's got really good footwork. I think we sleep on Tank's footwork. And I also think that Tank showed in his last fight against Pitbull Cruz that he also does have skill because mm -hmm. for a really long time, I feel like a lot of people were hating on Tank saying, you know, he's really one dimensional. He's only got this power, but he showed that he can get in the ring with you and box against a guy like Pitbull Cruz, who's a come forward boxer. And, you know, he's just a tough dude. And I think Tank showed a lot more than just the fact that he has power and skill. He showed that he could overcome a lot of different things that would maybe stop him from winning a fight, right? Because he broke his hand in his fight, if I'm not mistaken, or something was going on in that Pitbull Cruz fight. So um, I think tank skills are slept on when we talk about this division. I actually have him at the top of this division just because I think all the skills that he possesses makes him that. And I really think that in this fight against Romero, I think we are going to see a vicious knockout. <laughs> I think someone is going to be put to sleep. I don't see it going the full round, 12 rounds. I see this one being a short fight. I think tank is going to have, a statement knockout like he did against Leo Santa Cruz. I think it's going to be a bigger knockout than Leo Santa Cruz because the way that Romero doesn't tuck in his chin, he's not good defensively. He leaves himself exposed, man. So I think tank is going to deliver on this pay-per-view fight. And I have tank Davis winning by knockout in the fifth or sixth round. What about you, Akeem? You know, you talked about Roley selling a fight he talks a whole bunch of mess and i'm all for people selling fights but bro you get a little bit too disrespectful right and i feel like he crossed a little bit of that and i understand you know you have to play it up you have to sell the tickets and i get that's part of it but um to me i think tank feels a little disrespected and we'll get into that a little bit um you talked um, about roley and his boxing style obviously you don't be you have to be good at something to stay undefeated. So we can't ever, like, people can't just knock him off and say he's not a good fighter. He does some things really well. He does things for him to be undefeated to this point. But what I don't like about Roll, he has a good jab, but I don't like how he sets up his jab. He puts his hand forward and he kind of leaps down. I'm thinking, to, and his other hand is right behind him. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? An explosive fighter will be able to close that gap in two steps as Tank is an explosive fighter. And so I can see that being some problems for him, right? He headhunts quite a bit, as you said. He doesn't really move his head. His ring work, his ring IQ doesn't seem to be where it is just yet. Not saying he can't get there, but I just saw a lot of stuff in previous fights before where he is still learning on the fly and he's always trying to knock people out, as you said, rather than setting up his punches. I saw some interviews where he was saying, man, whatever Tank wants to do, we can slug it out. I'm a bigger puncher than Tank and blah, 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 blah. Not saying that you are not, but you have 12 knockouts. Tank has what? Everyone except two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So in this mix, I don't think he wants to turn this into a slugfest. I don't think that's what he wants. I think his best bet in this one is to fight Tank from a distance, keep him at bay, 
right? Because he has a very awkward style. And as you said, it'll be interesting to see how Tank responds to that. But use your awkward style to keep him at bay. Do your best to try to outbox him, right? Because I don't, you don't want to make this a slugfest. You just don't want to do that. But Roley does look like a bigger boxer in this division. So I think that will work in his advantage as well, too. But when you're not very good defensively, it's really only a matter of time when pressure is put on you. So I think he needs to fight from a distance. He needs to control his movements, use his ring IQ, his awareness, make sure he knows which angles Tank is coming from, watch for his explosiveness, watch how he is going to come at you, and you have to cover up yourself, right? As I said before, Tank feels very disrespected. And when someone feels very disrespected, I mean, point, people call him mini Mike Tyson. When Mike Tyson feels disrespected, what usually happens, Mitch Green caught him when, when, when Mike was just trying to out there trying to do some shopping. Mitch, Mitch Green caught him right there on the corner, and Mitch Green got popped in the face. Be careful of the disrespect. And I think Tank feels disrespected. I mean, I think part of this, too, is Tank has been on this level before. He has been on the world stage. He's always arguably going to be the smaller fighter in most of the fights that he goes against. And so far, he's knocked down every single person that came in his vicinity. Uh, what I, what you said and what I don't think many people understand or don't want to understand is Tank is he's multidimensional. He beat Isak Cruz with one hand for the for the last six rounds. So how can we say that he's not been a he's not a good boxer? You uh, a fighter will put on the display of what they have, what they need to win the fight. Maybe he didn't need to be a great boxer. He just need to knock people out. But when he was tested in different ways, he had to adjust. He's more mature. He made adjustments in the ring to change his style so he could win another way. Tank is a lot more versatile than most people give him credit for, but we know he's got that explosiveness and dynamite in right hands. But I do think he is going to get up a little bit more for this fight. I think he is going to put the pressure on him early. I think he's going to test his will a little bit. Now, Tank does have moments where he does become a little reckless. And if Roley can capitalize off that, I still don't think he can knock him out. Now, anybody has a puncher's chance. But I just think Tank is too quick, he's too fast, he's too agile for Roley to be able to close that gap and land certain combinations before Tank getting out of there. Uh, so I think Tank is going to knock him out. I'm with you. What round, I don't know, but it's going to come at some point. It may even be a body shot. He never covers up his yeah. body either. But um, I do see Tank closing this one out. Doesn't mean Roley doesn't have a chance. But man, he needs to do a hell of a lot better than what he's shown in all of his fights so far to beat a caliber like Tank Davis. But what are your thoughts? Point blank would love to know who do you have winning this one? Maybe you found an upset, right? And if you think it's going to be an upset, maybe you should put your money where your mouth is and do a little sprinkle, a little betting on I it. I might sprinkle. I mean, like, I don't think, I think Roly has power, <laughs> so he's always going to be in the fight, right? I think the odds are like crazy though. So I would sprinkle on Roly because I think there might be a, a time in the fight where he might land a good one on Tank because he does have power. Um, you know, and you talked about Tank only having, um, there's only two fights he doesn't have a knockout. Like same thing with Roly. I just think Roly's defense is like his Achilles heel. He doesn't tuck in his chin. His head movement's bad. So like Tank is gonna get you. You know I mean, what I mean? I so I Tank is too good. I don't think I don't think Roly beats uh, the last three fighters that Tank beat. I think I think Barrios beats him. I think Isak Cruz beats him. So, but you know we'll see what happens. I'm not counting him out. But you know on the world stage, on the big stage, 
oftentimes if you don't control your emotions, you've never been there before, it can get the yeah. best of you, make you be a little reckless. But let's keep moving forward, Chantel. We have another one. Erislandi Lara versus Gary O'Sullivan. Um, Gary O'Sullivan has a nice Irish mustache in the last fight that I've seen him. Big respect to those people. But what are your thoughts on this one, Chantel? How do you have it going? Because, you know, I think Lara's coming in as the favorite, right? Yeah, this is for the WBA World Middle title. Let's talk a little bit about Lara because we just talked about Tank's IQ being slept on. Lara is just slept on as a boxer, in my opinion, and he's gotten robbed a few times. You can make a list of how many times Lara has gotten robbed. In fact, one of the biggest robberies in all of boxing when I remember <laughs> watching this was when he got robbed when he fought Paul Williams. He got robbed in broad daylight and there were police officers like standing there and he got robbed and nobody did anything. <laughs> and I remember watching that fight and being a boxing fan and being like, man, this is terrible. And you think about Lara's career and I think he just hasn't been put in positions to succeed because boxing, you got to be with the right promoters. You know, you got to be with, you got to be with the right people to be, um, you know, I guess put on this platform where you are that a side boxer. But I just believe that Lara, he got robbed a few times. And if you go back to that Paul Williams fight, like he literally beat Paul Williams, he outboxed him and he outclassed him and he lost that fight. And I think ever since that, He's lost a few more fights by robbery. You know what I mean? And police officers were there when it happened. I just want to mention that so people can go back and watch that fight. But, you know, going back to Laura, he's got speed. He's got a really nice jab. He's got really good footwork. He cuts off the ring really well. He's good defensively. His timing is immaculate. And the one thing that's important about Laura is that he is accurate as hell. He is a rear, very, very good all around boxer. And he's got a very high IQ. You go to Gary O'Sullivan and listen, he's got power. This guy is an absolute monster. He's good defensively. He's got a crazy chin. He's accurate as well as a power puncher. And I think O'Sullivan is going to try to fight on the inside because one of the knocks on Lara is he's not the best on the inside defensively, but I think Lara is going to be able to control the distance in this fight. And that's what he's going to want to do. And I think Lara, I think the one fight he really struggled in on the inside was against Jared Hurd. Like if I'm not mistaken, like Jared Hurd had his way with him in that fight, but it's interesting because Hurd didn't want to run it back with Lara. Um, and I know Lara took some big shots in that fight, but that's that's a fight where I was like, OK, he didn't look very good at all on the inside. So I think O'Sullivan, because he's so good at range, he is going to want this fight on the inside. But at the same time, I think he actually has terrible head movement. I don't think O'Sullivan has the best head movement from everything that I've seen. But listen, he's been in the he's a beast and he's been in the ring with like Munguia, Billy Joe Saunders, David Lemieux, the Canadian who we just talked about last episode. And O'Sullivan's had a bit of a layoff. I know Lara's had a little bit of a layoff as well, but I, I'm going to go with my fandom here because I am a Lara fan. And um, the many times he's got robbed has not sat well with me. I think this fight, I think Lara is going to have a good finish. You know what? I'm going to roll with it. I think Lara is going to win this fight by knockout in the later rounds. That's, mm -hmm. I don't know what round, but I, I see Lara getting the victory for this one. I'm rolling with Lara to win this one. What about you, Akeem? Uh, break down this fight with me. And how do you see this one going? Man, uh, Cuban fighters. I think they're some of the most skillful, tactical fighters, strong ring IQ, great movement. Like these are all things that when I think of it, I think a Cuban fighter and Lara comes to mind. 
right? He knows how to keep his opponents at distance and he knows how to keep around the ring. I just, I just really like watching the footwork of how he moves, how he makes his angles, how he he's able to strike and then cop out, how he can slip in and slip out without even losing any type of rhythm, without flowing. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see when you look at the science of boxing. And I find that a lot of Cuban boxers are on point when it comes to the science of boxing because of their amateur status. Um, he's got a good straight hand, quick hands, great placement fighter. Uh, as you said in this fight for me, I'm not expecting Lara to want to mix it up in the pocket because Gary O'Sullivan's bigger than him, right? So I'm expecting Lara to do what he does best and that slip in, use that awkward southpaw style, that quick hand, the jab, the body shots. He's got good pop in both hands. So I'm expecting him to fight from a distance, to use his angles, use his ring IQ, and just impose his will every single round. Just because uh, he's going to let O'Sullivan come to him. Come, keep coming, keep coming. And then next thing you know, your liver is hurt. Next thing you know, your rib cage is hurt. Next thing you know, you got some swelling on your eye. Um, Lara's got great hand speed. And I think at this point in his career, I mean, you can't, you can't really afford another loss, right? It, it, he's what, 39 now going, going, going out 40. And at this stage, it's like every fight could be your last fight. And if you win, you'll continue to get another shot. You'll get another good fight. And if you lose, you know, you'll kind of slip down and kind of get forgotten about. But I think this is going to be a good fight for uh, for Lara. Gary O'Sullivan, as you mentioned, he fought great opposition. Um, now he's lost those ones. But, you know, what makes a champion is how do you come back after a loss? Are you still there? Right. And he's still there. Uh, big, strong. He's compact. Good punch. But combination is a little bit slow. He just feels like he's missing a step to me. Right. And maybe that's the trade off with being a, a bigger compact fighter because Munguia picked him apart. He took a lot of body shots. He did have some moments. Right. But I don't think Munguia is the best defensively as well either. Right. But he did have some good moments. And when he is fighting from a close, he puts together a good combination. He may go two to the body, one to the head. He may go two to the head and one to the body, but he does combinate it well. So it is hitting all parts of the body. So in this fight, that's how he wants to make it a slugfest. You don't want to make it you don't want to make it easy for you want to make it ugly because Lara is a beautiful fighter and he wants to make it pretty. But if you can make it ugly for Lara, you'll have a better chance of beating him. Um. I'm not going to say knockout. I think it's going to go to the cards. I think, I think O'Sullivan has a, I think O'Sullivan has a really good, I'm not going to say he has a really good chin. He has a good enough chin, or I think he'll be able to, to hold on because when he fought David Lemieux, he didn't hold on, but I think yeah. David Lemieux is a bigger puncher than Lara, but um, again, I think this is going to be a, a, a great display for Lara. I think he's going to come in and do what he does best. And that's generally outbox his opponents. But Point Blank would love to know what are your thoughts on this one? How do you have it going? Who do you see winning? And what round do you have? Maybe a knockout or you think it's going to the points? Let us know in the comment section. We are going to something that we have not done in a while, Chantel. It's been a while since we've played a little game on here, but we're going to go a quick three rounds of Believe It or Not, Chantel. Um, I feel like I'm going to go first this one, Chantel, because it's... One that I think you're going to find a little bit of enjoyment in. Do you think that Vince Carter or Kawhi Leonard, you think, do you think Kawhi Leonard is going to get his jersey retired first than Vince Carter? Believe it or not. And or before, sorry. Before. 
man of toronto retires Kawhi leonard's jersey that's just stupid but you know what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen (laughs) stupid i don't even want to talk about this franchise like seriously like retire vince that's all i'm gonna say i believe it because that's something toronto would do um okay so let's move over now (laughs) um believe it or not akeem roley will stun a tank in this fight at least once I don't believe it. Um, not that he can't, but again, I think I think I think Tank is gonna get up for this fight. I think he's gonna be on his P's and Q's because he's probably already annoyed that he has to face this guy, right? So I I I I don't see it happening this time. So I don't believe it. Um, Canelo Alvarez is making the better decision to fight Gennady Glovkin Triple G rather than going back up to Bivol right away. Do you think that is the better decision? Do you think he has a better shot? No, let, let me remind it back. Do you think with the loss that he just did with Bivol, do you think he beats Triple G, knocks out Triple G in their next fight? Believe it or not? I don't believe it. I think what we saw in Triple G's last fight, like he still got it. I hope the judges get it right this time. I don't even think we see a knockout. I think this one goes to the cards. And as you know, Canelo does well in the cards, except for against people. Um, but I think uh, <laughs> they almost did. They almost did. Yeah, I know. It was the one fifteen to one thirty, ridiculous. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's good for Canelo. I think it's good for boxing fans. I think a lot of people don't want to see him go back up against Bevel and like get the same result because like I at this point I don't see it going any other way. Um, so I do believe that is a good decision for Canelo. Um, Akeem. Is Jason super, uh, is Jason Tatum a tier one superstar in the NBA? Believe it or not, I believe it. I believe it. I think he. I think he's right there. I think he's been having a tough couple games, um, but I gotta say, I like the man. I like his upside. I like what he is doing. So I am going to believe it. Okay, Chantel, last one. Do you think it is, do you think it would be easier to, do you believe it is easier to speak in front of a thousand people, right? Let's say a hundred people. Or do you think it is harder to speak in front of 15 people who you closely know on a topic like, like sports or whatever the case may be? Do you think it is harder to talk to a thousand strangers or 15 of your closest peoples about something that you feel like you're good at talking about? Obviously, I, th- I think it's a thousand, a thousand strangers. I think it depends on how comfortable you are with those 15 people. If I was speaking about something important, I'm, I'm always going to be comfortable with the 15 people that I'm cool with. What about? So yeah, I do. I do believe that. Uh, I guess I can't ask you that one. But that one's a really good one. Akeem. All right. So this is my final one. Um, Steph Curry wins his fourth ring. Believe it or not, he will be crowned as the goat if he wins a fifth in this era. Um, I believe that they will win a championship, but I don't think he will be crowned as the GOAT. I just think Steph Curry won't, he won't get the respect that he fully deserves probably until after he retires. And then 10 years after that, right. I, you know, uh, I think, I think the Warriors will win. I think he'll get four. Um, I don't know if he'll get five either. I don't know if this group will be able to stick together. 
like this as well too but um yeah that was a good one that was good and that was a good one so we hope that you enjoyed uh this segment of believe it or not if there are any believe it or not that you would like for us to maybe touch on or ask each other later down the road then let us know on the youtube section in the comments below or you can uh, message us dm us on our social media platforms on instagram or twitter before we close out chantel this is something that we all try and get better at right and that's time management how do you go about time management and can you give us a tip that maybe you've done that could help someone else? I don't have any tips for time management. I need the tips for time management. I am terrible at time management, especially when it comes to work. Work is always going to be my main focus and everything else comes to the side or behind, which is terrible. I think in life, you got to have a really good balance. And I'm still figuring out that balance as things are continuously changing for me. I think with time management, the best thing to do, what I've been kind of starting to do now is writing down my priority list. Like what is top priority for today? What do I need to get done? Do I, can I hold off on doing this later so I can also get some free time? I think with time management, having time for yourself is extremely important, especially when you have a very busy schedule. So if you have tips for time management, let me know because I need it. Um, there's always countless things that I forget to do because I'm so busy and I don't actually write down anything. So I just started writing down things because before I would just keep it in my head, like, Oh, I got to do this on this day. And that doesn't go well, especially when you end up taking like 20 extra minutes at the gym. And then you're literally like only have like an hour to do something. And you're like, why did I do that? And I do that all the time. So, um, I would say, give yourself extra time every day and start writing down things and make a priority list on what you have to get done that day and always take time for yourself. And sometimes that might be hard in a, in a busy schedule. I'm still learning that. So if anybody has some tips for me, let, let me know here in the comments or on our Instagram and Twitter. What about you, Akeem? How are you with time management? Um, I'd like to think I'm pretty good. Um, I always, I'm very time-esque, honestly. I mean, you know me, if something starts at a certain time, I need to start at a certain time. And when it doesn't, or when I need to be somewhere and I'm there and I'm supposed to be there, like I am very time-esque. I use a calendar for almost everything if I can. Um, I just operate in a level of importance, right? I know so many times we see our to-do list and we have may have 17 different things. It's like, well, why do you have 17 different things? Why do you want to stretch yourself out like that? right? You get overwhelmed, you get, it's like five o'clock and you were supposed to cross off seven things and you crossed off like three. And now you think that your day was a waste and you're just like, man, I'm not productive. (laughs) I haven't done anything. Why am I wasting my time? But it's like, for me, it's the level of important things, right? What are the most important things that I need to get done today? And I try and focus there. And for me, I always try and find time for myself in the capacity of maybe it's readings, you know, spiritual stuff, or if it is working out, whatever the case may be, because if you aren't, if you aren't enough for yourself, what makes you think you're going to have time for other people? If you don't have time for yourself, you're going to run on empty fumes and then you're going to be aggressive for no reason. And nobody wants to be around someone who's just aggressive for no reason. Right. So I operate and my tip would just be operate in the level of importance, because when you get the important things done, everything else is just kind of bonus. But it's practice, too. And you also have to be cognizant of that, um, because there's always a, 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 a give and take in life and whatever you give to you take from other things. And so you got to be really aware of that, too. But level of importance, operate from what needs to get done, what can kind of push to the side and what you can do another day. But 
what needs to get done gets done. Everything else you can fill in as the time goes. So time management is a, it's a work in progress and we can all get a little better at it, even those that think that they are doing okay. But Point Blank would love to know if you have any tips for us, right? What would you let us know? Maybe you have a time management experience, maybe a story, maybe we can tell it on the show at some point down the road. But Chantel, that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, we covered a lot. We have more to come. We are almost 200 subscribers on YouTube which is always great because, you know, Chantel didn't think we would have like 10, you know, but I did. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Here we are almost at 200. Now uh, we hope that you've been enjoying the show. We hope that you've been getting something from it, not just entertainment, but hopefully a wholesome feel. Um, but uh, subscribe to the show, continue to support, leave a rating and review of the show uh, and let us know your thoughts of the show in the YouTube comments below. And might as well just go ahead and share this with a friend as well too, because they, they need some point blank in their life as well too with that being said i am akeem haynes i'm chantel chance and this is point blank and we will see you next week